Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com for the Fightful.com podcast, August 7th edition. Feels like it's been a little while. I did have a post-UFC Mexico City show. Go over and check that out. We talked the Ultimate Fighter 26 cast. Of course, I'll be back tomorrow afternoon with Showdown Joe for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. But it's been all the way since last Wednesday's The List and your boy since we've had a wrestling podcast. That changes right now. Also, I will have a members-only podcast this Friday. Uh, A lot of you have been asking for this show. On each of these shows, I talk about a place of former employment. A lot of you wanted to hear the What Culture story. Not only am I going to tell it, I have a guy who was my editor there, and David Bixenspan, who's going to join me. He's going to talk the uh, Scenic City Invitational, talk about the the Hogan Gawker coverage that he's known so well for, that he covered so, uh, so fantastically, quite honestly. But tonight we got Monday Night Raw, and we got Alex Palowski. Alex, what's up? What's up, Sean? You seem exhausted. I am, man. It's it's working two full-time jobs doing this and being a stay-at-home dad. But I wouldn't trade either of them. But it is it is exhausting. <laughs> well, there are sometimes you have to clean up more shit at this job than your other one. That's, so that's that is true. That is true. <laughs> Guys, leave us a thumbs up over on the YouTube chat. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all that stuff, and of course, head over to fightful.com for live coverage, discussion, podcasts, all that good stuff. Monday Night Raw, let's get into it. Ms. TV is immediately interrupted by Brock Lesnar. He's got a blue shirt, Alex. Yeah. What do you think about that blue shirt? Um, it feels very SmackDown to me. But that's all because I've been trained by this company that anything that is blue means SmackDown. Um, otherwise, it's a perfectly fine shirt. Um, but it was just a weird thing. I was like, oh, is, 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 Braun, is, is Brock going to SmackDown? That's just my first brain, my, my reptilian brain 
switched on and was, oh, blue, SmackDown. Brock goes SmackDown? That interesting. Uh, and then I was like, no, it's just a funny new shirt. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Everybody seems to wear black all the time. So, hey, whatever. Whatever. Miz cuts a pretty good promo about uh, kind of mimicking Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman <laughs> answers back <laughs> pretty cleverly by saying, do you and your wife like to role play? Like it was kind of edge of your seat. Like where's he going with this type of thing, Alex? Oh, man. Now, the, the thing is that that was funny. And then you go, and then that's fine. And he goes, I myself like to role play. And that's where Anna Bauer and I had the same thought of like, oh, God, I'll never get that out of my mind. <laughs> I'll never, ever, ever get that out of my mind of Paul Heyman role playing. <laughs> well, ma'am, allow me to show you my beast incarnate. <laughs> oh, God. That's how it goes down. <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to the reigning, defending, (laughs) conquering, undisputed heavyweight, middleweight champion of... (laughs) Oh, man. Just remember, in our business, we always build things a little bit bigger than they actually are. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Ah. So the Miztourage is filling the spots of Brock's SummerSlam opponents, and they get their asses kicked. <laughs> like they, yeah. all three of these guys took some hardy suplexes. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they were they were good. Like overhead release Germans that you know, like get a good lot of lot of hang time. Mm-hmm. Those things. I actually, I really, I really liked uh, all of this. I thought Miz's promo was excellent. I mean, really, there's nobody else in that does what he does as well as he does. It's so, so good at doing that. Um, and really, like, most of what this business is is finding a niche and excelling at it. And The Miz has nailed his down. Um, and I loved, um, I loved, like, you know, <laughs> bad imagery aside, I loved uh, Paul Heyman's return promo. And I liked how he, like, he gave each guy characteristics of who who was who was role playing who in the match. I like how Bo Dallas was so intense that he was Samoa Joe and uh Kurt, Kurt Axel had a beard and therefore was Braun Strowman which leaves Miz to be Roman Reigns. Uh and that was all cute and everything. Um I loved how I lo- did love how intense Bo Dallas was. Uh yeah. I like him as being this guy who's weirdly overprotective of the Miz. Like I like that is his he's like this pit bull bodyguard. That's really cool. Um, give these guys a, a defined personality within the Miztourage if you want this to go somewhere. Um, but this was fine and good. Once again, though, uh Brock shows up for an early segment and then goes back to the hotel or gets on a flight. Like he's just done. Goodbye. Um, which is fine. I want to see, like, particularly with him and Braun, keep those guys separated for as long as possible, have them come to blows at SummerSlam and not before. It's kind of hoping those guys would eat F5s into the chairs. Because I think you're a sadist, Sean, and it's possible well, not ne- somebody might have gotten stabbed okay. in the liver with a table leg. Have you ever watched Jackass 2.5 or 3.5, I think it was? I watched the show when it was on, but never any of the movies. Oh, you're missing out. I'm sure I am. Well, then you won't understand. They're the, the Bam Margera chair. They could they could get some of those. That just he sits on 
and it just slowly crumbles underneath his weight. There's director's chairs. You can make that happen. Sheamus uh, defeated Seth Rollins. Uh, I would have liked to have kind of seen Rollins and Ambrose just quickly earn their way to a title match, but this this emotional investment, I think, is so good. And we'll talk about it more later. This match is really fast-paced, hard-hitting. Sheamus sneaks a quick win, surprise win, I guess you could say, against Seth Rollins, Alex. Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. Um, this whole... Everything involving this storyline from the very beginning where Seth is walking down the hallway and he's smiling in a way that makes me think that he's singing to himself in his head. Zippity doo da zippity a like he was way too happy to be just walking down a hallway backstage. And I was like, oh, you're going to lose this match. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm. I actually kind of wanted to see a Seth versus Cesaro match since we got Seth that it was Sheamus last week. However, Cesaro did some great work later, so I won't complain about that. Um, but this is this is all very good, and this is the first time in a very long time that WWE has been doing um, real great long-form storytelling, point A to point B to point C, where every there's every week there's a new development in the in this storyline at least for one half of the guys in this uh, opponent's, uh, you know, this uh, feud. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this. Uh, but I like that there's delayed gratification on this. Rollins goes full douche after this and attacks the guy that just beat him, like fair and square beat him. Right. So he had that ass kicking coming to him. No, no, no. He, he, uh, didn't, he, didn't he attack Cesaro because Cesaro um, distracted him? You know well, what I mean? Like, fault is it, it that he stupid. gets? Right, exactly. No, the whole thing is that I feel like everybody who gets distracted should like raise a hand, like in the NBA when you know you committed a foul. Like, no, that my bad. That's on me. That's me right here. Um, because you're so stupid, you got distracted by a dude standing on the apron. So, um, yeah, that was that was uncalled for by uh, by Seth. But I think also he was just provoking the brawl so that Dean would come out and save him again because Seth is so starved for friendship. Sure. Well, uh, Dean Ambrose did not help him. But backstage, Ambrose is mad that Rollins made him look like a jerk. And I like that. I'll I'll heap some praise on recent Dean Ambrose in a little bit, but I like that because it doesn't treat us like fools. Dean Ambrose would be upset over something like that. Like, hey, you made me look like a dick, and I'm not a dick. You're the dick because you did that. (laughs) That's true. I like it. And Rollins says, no, you are a dick. It's been mm-hmm. three years. I get behind that, too. Like, both guys have some pretty solid points here. It's like, if I were Rollins, I'd be like, we, we were hanging out at Tribute to the Troops like eight months ago. You were cool with everything. <laughs> Why are you so weird? He's like, because <laughs> the writers are inconsistent, okay? <laughs> it would be great if he said that. <laughs> uh, so, backstage... <laughs> Kurt Angle is like looking at Curtis Axel and he's like, oh no, you're hurt? Shit. <laughs> and he finds so- something Goulet. I just know his name is Goulet. Pierre, I believe it was Pierre Goulet. Pierre Goulet, who has the star of David on the back of his 
<laughs> of his singlet. Well, that's like, because you, action, you're wrestling the- Jason Jordan now. Jason Jordan, who comes out looking like 1996 Rocky Maivia without the hair. <laughs> and we get a let's go jobber chant. The guy had no clue what Jordan was going to do, and I don't think Jordan had a clue either, Alex. No, here's hmm, – I don't know. They they announced during the Miz TV thing – I don't know if, if Michael Cole said it or if it was said by the Miz – that Curtis Axel had a match later that night against Jason Jordan. Then he gets tossed around by Brock Lesnar. Then they have to find some random dude – who maybe this guy just brought his tights as he was being supposed to work security and, and they threw him in a match because really it did look ridiculous. And well, once, let's just say is, needle in the job or haystack. What are the odds you pick a French Canadian Jewish guy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I mean, somebody found out who this guy actually is. His, his gimmick is basically some kind of Hebrew Rabbi, he's got, he wears, what's the yarmulke? He's got Star of David. No, you're doing a story on that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The, but the thing is, is that what is gained by Jason Jordan defeating a guy we've never heard of who was objectively somehow worse than Curtis Axel? Like, like, like how, how are we supposed to root for this guy when his dad had him in a match against a dude he could easily beat. And then when that guy went, got injured, it was like, okay, uh, who's the dude I can find who's randomly standing backstage wearing his gear? That guy will wrestle my son. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how this, how this helps anybody involved in this story. This Jason Jordan thing isn't uh, going over too hot. No, I think the, the thing that I noticed, and I couldn't get my eyes off of it because, well, that's, that's a bad sh- phrasing. But uh, he keeps talking about tweeting that he's he's gold blooded, but in those in that terrible singlet he was gold butted because everything everything in the front was all colorful, but his entire back was just solid gold, and I couldn't why like it was just poorly designed. And, oh. He ain't gonna work as a baby face. Period. Right now, not happening. No. If I were and him, I, I would. Yeah, you just do the hey, my dad runs this place type of thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, because, over on right. SmackDown, yeah, Gable's getting over Gable, losses. He's killing it. He's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that Chad Gable is just like a perfect baby face for 2017. Yeah. He is – he's a little undersized, which I think helps him. He can fly. He can amateur wrestle. He's, he can utilize his power. He's got submission holds. He's very versatile. Um the mic work could improve a little bit, but I think that honestly, the more promos he a babyface cuts, maybe the worse. But also, he's not a guy that the WDB is getting behind. Because you know how it is. If people see that WDB has their stamp of approval on somebody, unless pretty much unless they're uh, AJ Styles as a babyface, then kind of then it goes over a little bit better. Uh, I'll say this: Jordan was not softballing tonight. That was not one of the concerns anymore. No. Also, the Toronto crowd did not softball Bailey. This was a mess. This was brutal. Rough. It was really sad. Like, this whole thing is makes me sad. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do at this point. Like, she's injured. Like, legit 
injured. She was working with somebody who's basically a really unsafe worker, and that person injured her. Yeah, it was proven later in the evening, too. And you're going to boo her because she got legit injured? It's Toronto, like, man. I know, but like, but that's no excuse. Which is weird because everybody I met there was really friendly. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Those Canucks, they can go Canuck it. A cheap, cheap plug for my Toronto video blog that is up on our Fightful YouTube, by the way. Head over there. Check it out. Leave it a thumbs up. I would greatly appreciate it. The worst part about it was that they were booing her while she was talking about people who were sending her nice tweets and messages. Yeah. And then she was like, I'm, I'm talking to people who are being nice to me, not people who are booing me. And then they booed her more. And I was like, Oh Bailey, that didn't help you at all. Didn't like, work. Like she got really flustered, man. Well, look, look, you can see on her face. She was really hurt by that moment of people booing her when she was injured, when she was like, I get to go to I get to go to Brooklyn, the place where I had my coming out party, and who knows if they had had planned on her taking the belt from Alexa in that same building again, like who knows what the plan was? But she was going to go back into that building where she became a hero to people, and had this triumphant thing, and that's been taken away from her, and the people in Toronto were like, "Yeah, screw you," like yeah, that would hurt my feelings too. You know, like it was just, it was just, it didn't, it didn't go over well at all. And it was really sad to watch. I mean, people are talking about, oh, in this next superstar shakeup, people might be sent back down to NXT. Do it to Bailey. Let her go down there and be a hero again where people love her. Because up here, it's just not working. People are too jaded on the main roster crowds to like just get behind somebody who's all about positivity. You got to develop a wrinkle, man. Uh, what did you think of Sasha Banks, Emma, and, uh, Alicia Fox. When they announced that um, there were going to be two triple threat matches. Essentially, it's a tournament. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's two two triple threat matches. Winner of each, face each other next week. Winner of that goes to SummerSlam. I was like, oh, excellent. Then I thought, hang on. Are there six women on the, on the Raw roster that are not Bailey or Alexa? Yes, there are. I, I counted those, those six women, and I was like, okay. Oh, no. And in my head, before any of it leaked out, I was like, I know who's going to be in each of these matches, and therefore yeah. I know who's going to win. And to me, there's you got to be a wrinkle in it. You have Naya against two baby faces and Sasha against two heels, and it just, there was no... I like that they made the matches, and the girls worked really well together, and for the most part, they were good matches to watch. Alicia didn't. I, Man, she was rough this evening. She, well, she, was, she had ring rust. But still... I'll always mark out for her Northern Light suplex. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, for the most part, I thought they did all get a very good job. But there's something you could have done here. Have have Emma in the match with Nia. Have her sneak a win on Mickey James and build for a week to Emma versus Sasha. Let Sasha win. You're going to put her in the match with Alexis anyway. But it's obvious that we were going to get Nia versus Sasha. So why not just build for an extra week toward that if you're going to make it that obvious? But I did like the matches, so, you know, maybe the end justifies the means. I feel you, man. Hey, guys, if you don't mind, tweet out the link to our podcast. Uh, tag one, both of us, if you would be so inclined. 
Yeah, Alicia was rough, and I do think it was ring rust, as you mentioned. Her first match in two months, I think, since maybe Extreme Rules. And, yeah, it, it showed. It was tough. Uh, Emma hit a sick wheelbarrow suplex into the apron. Emma is so good, and they they wouldn't let her do anything. And then she started speaking up about it, and now they're punishing her. So, like, we're never going to get to see great Emma again. Like, not really. We can see it in fits and starts like this. While I was watching, I was going, damn, I want to see that woman against Sasha in a real, like, 12-minute match, one-on-one, or against Bailey, or against Alexa. But I don't ever, I'm not I'm never going to see that. <laughs> Somebody says, Emma looked rusty, too. Too many vacations, no. In, in no way did Emma look rusty. Uh she Emma, was a rabbit out there. I like Emma that. almost got a pin. I thought she did get a pin. Alicia maybe kicked oh, out a little bit late. Good. Uh, then the crowd was behind her. Sasha goes knee crazy as, as usual. I, I like that. It hasn't gotten old to me yet. Uh, Emma breaks up a bank statement but ends up tapping out herself. I thought it was a, a good, quick match. Fine stuff. Backstage, Braun Strowman describes how much he loves beating the shit out of Roman Reigns in great, like, almost erotic detail, Alex. Well, yeah, he's a man who loves beating people up. It, it's, it's practically it's a fan pick. It was. Uh, uh, he, <laughs> like, there's there's a there's a thing, like, there's the, when you, when you read, like, interviews they have with serial killers, like, they're always very, very methodic in how they describe, it's very poetic things that they see and why they like killing people. This man just doesn't do it with a knife or a gun. He beats people up with his fists and smashes them into canvas. And But he's basically that. If they would let him murder people, he'd probably do it. And he'd do very well at it. Uh, we have a Goldust vignette. He's had one match on TV since his turn in May, Alex. <sighs> I just want them to get to it. He's going to die of natural causes <laughs> before he gets another match. What did we say? Like, Starcade 88? Like, that's how long this dude's been around? Yeah. Like, 88. Like, people are going to be okay. 30. Dude, this will put it in perspective. I interviewed Flip Gordon recently. Flip Gordon, who is two years into wrestling, a 25-year-old man, was telling me how he grew up watching Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Much less gold dust, much less dusty road. <laughs> watching Cody Rhodes. Oh man! Like, I, I, I want, I want him back on my TV every week. I want it. He's done with our truth. They keep, they keep talking about like the, this, the vignette. He's gonna find a new hero and a new villain. Like, is he gonna, is he gonna be a manager? Is he gonna tag with somebody? Just get him back on my TV in a ring or near a ring and not doing these things where he like gets in a director's chair and then kind of does that. Yeah. I'd go sink or swim with him in summer Ray. Like I, there are all these people who claim that summer Ray is like super worker and stuff. I've never seen it. I, I haven't, but, but I would put her in this, I would put her in this spot and see how well she can do as his modern day Marlena. Maybe the rehash works. Maybe it doesn't like, the rehash didn't work with Ted DiBiase's kid trying to be the million dollar man, but uh, maybe Goldust can rehash his own thing and make it work modern day. It's it's tough to do without some of the mind games that he formerly played, but yeah, I 
I, I want to see. I want to see them at least give it a go. Why not? If they if they did a, a, a even a mini push with him, you would see them drag up all the old clips from the network and put them on YouTube like they did with the great Kali, and that dude showed up for a night. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to put an hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we know Kansas. You've never seen this guy before, but he once beat the Undertaker. Like that's what yeah. their their YouTube series was for the Great Khali. They could do that with you, Goldust. You hear the Edge and Christian podcast them laughing to themselves about Great Khali, like yanking the belt away from Gender so he could have the photo <laughs> of him holding it. <laughs> and Edge and Edge was like, "Oh, he's still like that, is he?" <laughs> oh man, pretty good stuff. Uh, the Good Brothers beat Enzo Amore and Big Show. After Enzo unleashes a Dr. Evil reference. The most recent Austin Powers movie, I believe, came out in 2003. 2003. Yeah, the, the one he was referencing was from 1999. So Yeah, I'm just saying the last one you, came out then. I know, the most recent one was then. But should, yeah. should I... Um, I mean, when did Vern Troyer's sex tape come out? Because <laughs> oh, that's still way too old. Oh, mini me, mini me. in the hall in the surreal life? I don't... Oh, man. Like, that that dude's lived a life since he was first mini-me. Um, like, uh Okay, fine. But if there's one thing, there's the thing. It's like, he's in the ring with a big, bald guy. And yeah. he starts talking to Gallows and Anderson about, because they're bald that they look like, you know, Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. And, and shows like, yeah, I can kind of see it. <laughs> they're, they're bearded. Yeah, I like, yes, because if there's one thing that Dr. Evil and Mini-Me were known for, it was their big, scratchy, black beards. Yeah, as, like, I mean, there, there are a lot of guys that work better for that. I, I don't get it. Yeah. So we're getting a match, which means Enzo's getting his ass kicked. That's <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what an Enzo Amore tag match means. Big Show gave like the most half-assed tag me lean, where he like was still standing up straight and reaching. <laughs> because in reality, had he leaned, he would have reached all the way across the ring. Right. Uh, Big Cass came up for a distraction, and Enzo gets beaten while the show while show is taken out, looking at Big Cass. All fair and square, to be quite honest. Big Cass just strolled out there. He didn't do anything. Nope. Enzo and Show beat up um, Enzo and yeah, they beat up Cass after. This is like the most not happening feud. And every single week, I do those YouTube numbers, and they're through the roof. What What is capturing people's interest that isn't for us, Alex? Is it Is it possible that uh, WWE has like a warehouse full of like bots that are is it- viewing YouTube? You, what's the thing? You remember when Homer Simpson was getting disability and he had the yeah. thing that just click, click. Yeah, the little, the little birds that, that would pack the keys. Maybe yeah. Enzo set one of those up to get less heat on himself. Wow, this guy draws. <laughs> um, I no, guys, could... it's, it's not bots. Everybody keeps saying that. It's far too consistent for right. Enzo and Cass for it to be that. Otherwise, it would be higher across the board. I'm sure plenty of it is bot traffic, but I mean, Jesus, like it's it's too consistent with those yeah. personalities for it to be. I I could not care less about the, and that's before I all the stuff came out about Enzo. Like 
I just let's, don't. Let's talk I just about don't that. Care. Let's, let's talk about that. Hit us. Hit us with that. Well, I mean, like the thing with the with the with the bus, with which just always seemed weird to me. Uh, apparently, is a thing. Like it's real, and it was because he was on the phone way too loud. Like obnoxiously, obviously, everyone can hear me, and I don't care. Come on, and, and we all of, know those guys. Like we're in line at the pharmacy or something, oh, yeah. and somebody's got their Bluetooth in. Yeah, yeah, I made the deal this Thursday. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Yeah, one of those yeah. guys. It, it seems from what I from what I gather, he was talking about how much money he was making in a way in, in the way of <laughs> of people like like buying his stupid headband with his hair sewn to it and talking about how they were dumb for doing it. So that's good. That's a good way of keeping up. Uh, so there's that, and then he's bringing. Here's what I love: Justin Barrasso, who I love, working who works over uh, Sports Illustrated, he does some great awesome reporter, work. great uh, reporter. The way that he described it, which I hope he, he was described to him by a source, a series of questionable people that he brought into the locker room. I love that it's a mm-hmm. series of them, and that they're questionable. Uh, that that he brings in the locker room who take pictures and video of the the the, the wrestlers. Which is just which is not allowed at my gym that, so, like down the street. Like it's, I, <laughs> I sent somebody on Raw a text that says, "Does Enzo bring questionable saving money on exterior wall lights now at Menards? Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home." Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply characters backstage or i know i said did he and the only answer i got back was to say the least (laughs) that's all the comfort it's like enough confirmation where you can't write a story on it but yeah you can you can drop the news here to say the least so like yes and the thing is people people generally like him is is what I've, i've been told is that they had liked him before, and it's something that's happened recently has just it, – it's not click, and he's – it's gone to his head, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that, that's the only thing I could think of. But, um, but you have that coupled with this feud between Big Cass and Big Show, uh, which they're trying to get over Big Cass as a heel, which means they paint him like straight-up basketball-colored orange – and uh, make him extra glisteny and big chain and uh, bad music. And now he's a heel and he's going up against Big Show, who we remember in recent memory, like Braun Strowman was struggling to put away. So the way to put over Cass is by having him like, you know, just big boot show in the head a couple of times. And yeah, he gets knocked out with a KO punch, but 
that's just what you know it's just what big show does and now i guess we'll talk about this they're gonna have a match at SummerSlam with enzo amore suspended over the ring in a shark cage and if you had told me that yesterday i would have said that's a really funny joke that's a, that's a really funny joke that they yes that is what they would do. Ha, ha, ha. How droll it is to laugh. But no, since they're la- actually doing it. Yeah, since last November, it will be the third shark cage match they have had in WWE. They had one in NXT. They had, of course, Owens and Reigns with Jericho hung above and then Enzo. Now, Justin Labar <laughs> made a pretty good observation, I thought. He said, given the current situation, the landscape, Enzo's probably like legit terrified of heights and they're like, yeah, okay. Uh, But here's here's the thing, especially because after this really convoluted way of asking for the match, the big cast does, he leaves. Kurt Angle says, wow, I really hope Enzo's not scared of heights. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a confirmation immediately that he is. Yeah. That he's scared to death of heights. They'll make it extra high just, just to screw with him. Um, but he he asks for him to just not be in the arena and then to not be in Brooklyn, not in the state of New York. I mean, like, hell, you could put him in a cage and throw away the key. And then Kurt Angle says, that gives me an idea. And I'm like, okay, screw all you guys. Just screw you. Stop doing this. And, uh, who wants this? Who's clamoring for this? Ay, ay, ay. I was more excited to see your reaction than anything in regards to this. <clears throat> okay, what, what's up next? What do we got next? Uh, <laughs> Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt segment. I cannot wait for football. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, at least, I'll say this. At least Balor made a point that Bray Wyatt doesn't care that much about winning and losing. Because That's, that's good. That is good. That's a point that should have been made a long time ago and never really was. It's the excuse I used years ago. And now Bray Wyatt starts winning. Right. And then they say it. Wyatt appears, tries to attack, gets thwarted, disappears. He's on the Titan Tron. I would rather be. <laughs> in Ilamina, Alaska. Wow. Than to watch a Bray Wyatt promo. Prop comedy! Only on the Fightful Wrestle Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that globe just sits here. Usually it sits back there, but right now the old million-dollar belt my fiancé, or my, my fiancé at the yeah. time, my wife got me, uh, is on display. Dean Ambrose defeated Cesaro. This match kicked a ton of ass. Like, it kicked way more ass than it had any business kicking for, like, a pointless Raw match, but you get... <laughs> a bunch of guys involved emotionally in a situation. Like I think Cesaro and Sheamus have been playing their roles as supporting characters in this storyline outstandingly well. Ambrose and Rollins have been nothing short of unbelievable. Cesaro tripped on his way to the ring. Corey Graves found that hilarious. Uh, Dean Ambrose is getting better at switching up his offense. I did note that his moves from the inside to the outside always look bad though. They had the crowd hooked on this superplex tease where Cesaro was like making them think he was going to send him outside. You knew he wasn't. He wasn't going to do it. But the way he did it, he was so casually deliberating on whether or not to murder Dean Ambrose. Like that's basically what he was doing because a suplex from that height would kill a man. 
And, and he was just looking over his shoulder, like gauging how far would I have to do it to get him into the crowd or like hung up on the barricade. Like it was great. It was excellent. And you cannot tease that without paying it off somehow. Like in some match where there's all kinds of tables stacked up over there, I need to see a Cesaro deadlift over the ring post suplex on a bunch of tables. Get it done. Sure. Uh, for a pointless Raw match, this was just a blast. Ambrose wins. Rollins saves him from a beatdown. The crowd is stoked. Just amazing storytelling. And then Rollins leaves Ambrose hanging on a fist bump. Like, I'm talking from body language to crowd reaction to facial expressions. A-plus stuff, Alex. Man, this is good. This was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have an attachment to the shield. Like I don't. I don't I'm not nostalgic for when they used to be together, uh, when Seth Rollins turned on them, it didn't like ruin my life. Like I don't have that thing that a lot of I know a lot of fans do that like they just they miss that so much and I eh. you know, so so if they get back together or they don't, it doesn't really I don't really care either way but th- this is really executed very well objectively and i can appreciate that what i was watching this whole time as i was wa- i was watching it and going like dean ambrose really likes to push himself when he's in the, in the matches with the really good workers that he knows everyone thinks are great workers he could push himself and do great work when he's in the ring with a guy who people don't think is that great then he's like cool i'm just, I'm just gonna slack off that's why I hated his feud with The Miz, because he didn't push himself at all. And so The Miz has to pull himself up to the people he's working opposite. Like Dolph Ziggler brought up a lot, brought a lot of great stuff with The Miz because Dolph is a deceptively good worker. Um, when Dean was working against AJ Styles, he was never better. When he was working against Kevin Owens, like last year, 2016, 2015, he was great. Tonight against Cesaro, he was great because he knew he had to up his game or he was going to look like a fool in there. And still, there's stuff that he does that I just go, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get behind the wacky clothesline ever, ever. I'm never going to get behind it. Stop doing it. His jumping armpit to your face off the top rope, stop doing that. Stop doing your running gentle push through the rope suicide dive. But a lot of other things he did were great. So I'm going to nitpick it because if the idea of you have to make me believe that Cesaro's struggling to beat weak-ass Dean Ambrose you know, that's a tough thing for me because I, I know how great Cesaro is and I know how bad I think Dean Ambrose is in the ring. But his character work, especially in this arc, has been, bar none, excellent. From a storyline perspective, though, Cesaro is not that strong and Dean Ambrose is not that weak. True. Like, I mean, True. James Ellsworth could be Braun Strowman, maybe, if they wrote him to be. <laughs> Vice versa. Like, Braun Strowman could be that. out there skipping to the ring in they could. hammer they could. pants if they, they wanted him to. They could. Uh, now, would it get over as well? Hell no, it wouldn't. But I'm just saying. No. Uh, I could argue this is some of Dean Ambrose's best work of his main roster career. Yeah, I've loved it's, it. It's the best match he's had since um, since the TLC match with, with, uh, with Styles. Akira Tozawa defeated Davari. Tozawa is really finding his groove, not just on 205 Live, but Raw as well. There was no point in this rematch but to get Titus on commentary. That was it. And I'm okay with that. 
And I'd like to respect that the entire commentary booth showed Ditus. Yes. Um, I am so happy for Titus. From going back to that ridiculous suspension he got for touching Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon to work himself back up to this, where he got pretty, pretty rough. This got over somehow this ridiculous bit that he was doing this we we talked about it at the time his his post match press conferences where there was nobody there yeah. but tom phillips they were those things were gold so you knew he had it in him and there's to me like the the, the most i smiled all night was when they set up the titus and then he and cruz <laughs> And Tozawa, look up in the sky and go, worldwide? Like that, I, I'll, I'll mark out for that every time. Um, and I love Neville coming in and being like, why would you agree to this match against a dude you just beat to take away the, his championship hopes? He's got nothing left to lose. Like, that's really smart. Like, and this is, again, why I watch a lot of these things and go, why would somebody agree to this match unless you were threatening to fire them if they didn't do it? Like, it's only going to hurt your chances at the pay-per-view in two weeks. Like, a, a last man standing match that proves nothing is a terrible way to get yourself injured before you have to uh, a title yeah. opportunity. Normally, know? normally we could say money, but as I've brought up mil- millions of times, it seems, money has never been an object in this outside of a couple fines. Is say that, and it solves all those problems, it's, all those logical makes, problems. Yeah. Nia Jax uh, murdered Dana Brooke, so I guess she won. Um, that clothesline was oh nasty, and I had somebody on my Twitter, not to pick on you, but Alex, I know you see this a lot with women wrestling, too. Like, there are some fans who, like, will take shit a little too personally about these girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it gets a little weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, people were celebrating Dana Brooke getting hit really hard. and no. And I'm like, you know what? Do I, do I think Dana Brooke is a good talent? Not really. Do I think she should be in NXT right now? Yeah, I really do. Uh, for for her in-ring, for her physical uh, well-being, for a lot of things. She got heaved like a sack of potatoes overhead by Nia Jax, too. Like, Nia Jax is not safe. Listen, and it's ain't just like the popular hopping on the, the bandwagon thing. It's It was rough. You, you don't clothesline somebody there. Right. Um, there was that. That 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 moment, I, I I went, oh my god, that was great, and I was like, oh no, that wasn't great. Show me her head that, on the bottom was, rope. Right, it was not. It was not. Yeah, it was the the spot itself was fun. Like Nia shrugging off that ridiculous cartwheel back elbow handspring thing, and then running after Dana was a great spot. It just wasn't executed properly. Um, and and Nia grabbing Mickey James by the hair and throwing her fifteen feet, helicoptering her across the ring. That's a great spot. I don't know if that's executed properly. Like the thing is, is that if the if your question was after she injured Bailey, are they going to talk to Naya about not hurting people anymore? Maybe taking it down a notch. The answer was this match. Hmm. This is all the evidence you have to, to know that they're not telling her to do that ever. They want her to be this giant monster who hurts people. If the if she actually hurts somebody, whoops. Like the thing is that I don't like is the is the thing that, that that Alexa Bliss says on commentary. You feel like that's what people upstairs believe. 
uh, about Bailey. I like people who aren't weak and don't get injured. Like you hear that about Vince, that if you get hurt, that's your fault. And he judges you about that forever. So like the idea that, hey, you know what? You're in the ring with Nia. She's going she's gonna to hurt you. So your job is to not get hurt. Don't let her hurt you. As opposed to maybe you make the giant woman be safer with her partners. But no, because that, that would show weakness. And I, I hope that's not the case. Somebody said, wouldn't you celebrate a guy getting hit really hard? Uh, No, I would not celebrate a green wrestler hitting another green wrestler really hard. I wouldn't like it. If you're, if you're in, if it's Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman's pretty green, say, say Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, and they're duking it out and they're doing it within the confines of their own personal safety and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Nia Jax and Dana Brooke ain't that man. Like that's two very, like when they were called up, it was questionable to begin with. Braun Strowman defeated Roman Reigns. What do you think of this match, Alex? Great. Let's watch them do it all the time. Let's just have them do it when it means something. Like it always uh, means last, something to me, uh, honestly. Somehow with them. Yeah. Well, no, it's true. Again, in a vacuum, this is a great idea. But I, I nobody explained. I was waiting for this when it was announced over the weekend. Braun versus Roman in a last man standing match two weeks before SummerSlam. I said to myself, well, I can't wait to see it, but why is it happening? Like, you you announced this giant match a month before the show. So then you had to fill all these weeks leading up to it. And then what you do that is have these same guys fight each other a bunch, which means the novelty of watching them fight each other is kind of worn off by the time the, the, the match rolls around, the one we actually want to see. In this case... These two guys, just for pride, are trying to beat each other to death. And I buy it from them. I buy it from these guys, absolutely, that's true. But the same point, like, somebody should be in their ear, like their agent or whatever, who's like, hey, man, this you don't have to do this. You're going to get – it's possible you could get hurt, and then you would miss SummerSlam. Like, somebody should be there. I don't know who it is, a friend of one of these guys – Somebody, does Roman still have friends? The Usos are on a different show. But one of them saying, hey, dude, do you want to take this match against Braun? He could really hurt you. Somebody, anybody can take to, can have that question for Roman, and then he, and, he, and he can blow it off. But that question wasn't raised. It was just like, this is the main event tonight. We're going to be in it. Uh, and there was no danger of them possibly, you know, injuring each other before this giant match they have in two, two weeks. All that being said, the match itself was great. A lot of fun. Somebody says, I was asking myself why for this match. Because Braun Strowman isn't finished with Roman Reigns. He never right. will be. Right. It's until they die, they're not done. Like, Braun Strowman should interrupt Roman Reigns' Hall of Fame speech and kick his ass. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. Um, I love that Braun Strowman only busts out that drop kick. Yep. Special occasions. He's still adding his repertoire as well. They're, they hit hard. Grass is green. Range uses steel stairs, uh, counters a pop-up into a Superman punch. Then you think that the Samoan drop through the table is something. Until Braun Strowman channels his father and softball heaves. But not softball heaves, because he overhanded it. Yeah, yeah. Overhands an office chair into Roman Reigns' face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was incredible. 
Yeah, the velocity on that thing. That thing. Somebody from the Blue Jays, I hope, was at the at the game when hit the radar gun on that thing because I think it was going at least 89, 90. It's incredible. He threw that thing really fast and really hard <laughs> right into his face. I, I think had Roman's Reigns' face not been in the way, that chair might be orbiting the Earth as we speak. Like he <laughs> threw that thing hard. It was something I'd never seen before. It was an it was like a oh my god moment, which is again. These these two dudes will have those every time they wrestle. They'll figure something out. It was great. I, I loved it. The ending, I didn't love. But the rest of the match was phenomenal. WWE is getting very creative with, you know, they're not, they're, they, they did away with chair shots to the head and stuff. They've gotten kind of creative with getting some shots like that in there. Very, very clever. Um, Reigns puts his whole body into a spear on the ramp. And for some reason, the ref stops counting when Samoa Joe puts Roman Reigns into a chokehold. I like I put my match ratings and analysis up. You can check those out every morning following Raw SmackDown pay-per-views. I took like a quarter of a point off just for that because it didn't make a bit of sense, Alex. Why would they stop the count? Because of Samoa Joe. What, what was the point of that? Um, I, I want someone to ask the ref. Like, this is what – Corey Graves could make a great deal out of this. He could figure out what people are talking about and then make believe as though he's done some follow-up reporting. So when I talked to the ref. He was so shocked by Samoa Joe interfering that he lost count and had to start over. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fine. That's a fun joke. You know, he's only counting to 10. That's, that's the joke. But it's it, like, I don't get it. Like, so Braun was down for, let's be generous, 25 seconds before he staggered back to his feet. Um, and, you know, he lost. Like, he, he won, but he, he, he lost. And so, to, and the only reason that he won was because the other guy who's in the match with them two weeks from now came in and hates Roman more than he hates Braun, so he choked him out. And then Braun got in the ring after the 10 count and did his giant up in the arms thing, up, up in the air, and he's re-roared like he'd won something. And I was like, that's not what Braun should do. That's what the Miz would do, but not every heel is a coward who takes credit when he doesn't do, win stuff. Uh, I think that Braun should have been pissed at Samoa Joe for interviewing and interfering in his match. That's the that's what Braun, the character that the WWE has created, is more that guy than the guy who's like, yeah, I won something when we all know he didn't win shit. That was that was the part of it I didn't like, as well as the ref just stopped his count for no reason. People keep asking about the Ronda Rousey news. It's coming. And if it's what I've been told it is, it is cool news. Um, so this this match, yeah, Samoa Joe chokes out Roman Reigns. Got to get on the show somehow. No Hardys on this show. What do you think's up there? I don't know. Because they, they, they got to be scrambling for something here. But, but who are they going to put them up against? Like – are you going to put them on the pre-show against Gallows and Anderson? Wee! There's nobody left for them to face. Who's who's left in the tag division? Nobody. Yeah. So, like, you 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 put together a, a nostalgia match 
you, you, like I, I don't know who who do you who do you put together for them to face? I, I I don't I don't know I don't know. But they're the Hardys, and like they have their their return to the WWE since WrestleMania has been a giant story. They just gave them the Woken gimmick. They they had to be on the show somehow, and yet because Dawson, oh, bro, ruptured his biceps tendon. Unfortunate. So, God, that's awful. Two rough injuries in a week out of Bailey and and Dawson. And I started up that Fightful.com injury report because yeah. at the time, like, everybody was hurt. And everybody was always asking for updates and stuff. So head over to Fightful.com. We got injury report updates over there that we post every few days. But oh, I was looking at it last week, and I was like, it's pretty bare. Like, mm-hmm. Global Force has more injuries than anybody. Mm-hmm. That ain't the case now. Yeah, this this is really bad news because I uh, the, the the revival are amazing, and at SummerSlam they would have had one of the Hardys' greatest matches the Hardys have ever had would have been against the revival at SummerSlam. I guarantee yeah. it, and it would have put the revival on the map. It would have catapulted them to something huge, and now who knows what we'll see from the revival when they get back. So. This is just me spitballing, throwing something out there. Say they were like, okay, we'll do a six-man tag instead. Mm-hmm. We got Anderson Gallows and Dash against the Hardys. Who would their third guy be? Well, the only guy they've been teaming with in that way has been Finn Balor. He's busy. I don't know who else Who else is on the Raw roster. I'd drag out Devon from backstage. Just do that. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I, it's just, it, this is so frustrating to me because I, because I'm such a huge revival fan that I was, they were on the cusp of something. And I'm as a huge fan of this new thing that the Hardys are trying out where they're the Woken Hardys and I don't get to see that to this week. And it's just been, it's been rough. Um, I don't know. It would be kind of cool since it is SummerSlam. If the if the Hardys could do a cross promotional thing with with SmackDown and face somebody, I don't know who. Yeah. Like have that have them face Brizongo. I don't know. Like or 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 Harper and Rowan. I don't know something because you can't keep the Hardys off a of SummerSlam card. You can't do it. They've been huge since they came back. So, uh, guys, this show is brought to you by TrigTent.com. Head over to TrigTent.com. You are going to get whether you're liberal or conservative, conservative, a really unfiltered look at politics, uncensored, uh, definitely go check that out. Not, uh, not biased. You're, you're going to get the best and worst, whichever way you lean. Trigtent.com. Head over there. Check that out. Somebody had said, let me see what Corbin Clone said on our chat. He said, the crowd's constant 10 threw the ref off like that dick friend that shouts out random numbers while you're counting. Now, not to pick on Corbin Clone, but if a referee can't count to 10 on his own, I don't know what he's doing in that role. Well, but that's the, that's the, that's the joke. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that is the definition of you had one job. The, the, what I, what they should do is they should rewrite the WWE rule book and says, upon interference during a 10 count in a last man standing match, the ref must start his count over. 
you know, because they make up rules whenever they want to. So make up this one. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I think I'm doing this uh, members only show Friday, guys, with David Bixen Span. Hopefully, our our schedules line up. Uh, we're we're tentatively planning. I think 2 p.m. Friday. Gonna talk to him about his his writing career, his podcasting career. He's got a very successful podcast, and uh, of course, we'll tell the the what culture story. That's the one that most people have always wanted to hear about. Uh, that is an interesting one, to say the least. It'll. I can say this, it's probably my only really negative experience I've had in work. The only one. Uh, some indifferent ones, but that's the only negative one. That, that'll be something worth checking out. So go register for free at Fightful.com. You'll get access to those Fightful.com forums. Of course, you get great news, uh, exclusives, podcasts, photos, videos, results. You can check events over at Fightful.com. Uh, we have an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn post show coming up on, what is it, Saturday the 19th? And then SummerSlam Sunday the 20th. That one will probably go a little long because the show is long. And then Saturday the 26th, myself, Showdown Joe, Carlos Toro, post Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. Damn. Like, could Jimmy have picked a better, like, 14-month period to have started a crossover website? It's crazy. <laughs> like, like Brock Lesnar's going to fight. Then he's going to fight John Jones. Then he's going to go into the WWE. Then Conor McGregor's going to go box. Meanwhile, everybody's just going to fail a drug test across every single one of them. Roman yeah. Reigns, John Jones, Brock Lesnar. Why mm-hmm. not? Ronda Rousey, probably coming to WWE. That's another thing. Like, that's all, hey, that's, hey, all that stuff. Hey, hey, I didn't say that. Possibly. I didn't say Maybe, that. Maybe. Allegedly. Supposedly. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yet, I didn't say that yet. What do you think Brian Kendrick's doing these days? Uh, he was—he's in a feud with Jack Gallagher on Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, that ain't his priority anymore. Uh, all right, guys, you can follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sap. Follow us at Fightful Online, cross-platform Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got it all for you. Please subscribe, like, thumbs up. Uh, I appreciate you all. You've been great. Thank you for joining in the live chat. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.